What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Recorded live. Well, hello out there, listening audience. It's Barbara McGee, host of Straight Talk from the Hired Brush. And tonight, I have a special edition. It's a privilege for Straight Talk from the Hired Brush to present to the community Mr. Armish Kumar. He is to us. Campaign headquarters and serving the underserved. That's talking uh, about District 14, where he is running as a candidate for California. Good evening, Dr. Kumar. Are you there? Yes. Well, it's a privilege to have you, sir. Good evening. Uh, we're so excited to present you to the community in this way. It's not, the, um, it's not the way that all candidates do, but it is the way we've chosen to do. Um, to start off, uh, I would like you to tell us a little bit about the District 14 geography. Uh, candidate for California State Assembly. And we know that District 14 includes Clayton, Concord, Martinez, Pittsburgh, Pine Hill, Benicia, Vallejo, Clyde, Bay Point, and a lot of large southern open space area. Uh, tell us a little bit about District 14 and your candidacy. How did this come about? Yeah, Barbara, I have been uh, working as a clinical uh, psychologist, neuropsychologist here in Concord for the last 23 years. And I have listened to a lot of uh, issues from the uh, people. And, and for 10 years I did work as a, uh, I served as a commissioner with the city of Concord, five years on the Human Relations Commission and chair. And then five years I served as a, on the Oversight Finance Committee with the city of Concord. And both of these positions were appointed by the city council. And looking at uh, all the uh, areas of service we're getting from the uh, state, uh, I think this is the right time. We have been seeing a lot of anger and frustrations from the voters and from the people in general uh, during this election. And we need to have some kind of voice for the voiceless. 
and some kind of voice for the helpless people, those who are really uh, getting disenfranchised um, um, uh, and they are not getting the kind of services they need. So that's why uh, I am getting into this race to, to serve the community because that's my motto, to serve the underserved. I love that motto, by the way, to serve the underserved. And, you know, we want to get to know you better because we like what you're saying and for the listening audience to know uh, your residency, your birthplace. So tell us a little bit about your family, your childhood, and how yeah, did you... Yes. Yeah, I I was born and raised in India. I did my doctorate in clinical neuropsychology from Chandigarh, a very famous uh, number one Asia Medical Postgraduate Institute called PGI Chandigarh. And after my doctorate, I landed up here in San Francisco uh, with my wife. Uh, she's from Fiji, and we have been married for 28 years now, and actually it was yesterday, our 28th wedding anniversary. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. And and uh, we have one beautiful daughter, Sabrina, and she's a UC uh, uh, student in the UC system doing her uh, medical pre-meds uh, right now. And she wanted to be a doctor. Uh, that's what she's saying, and we'll see. Oh, that's wonderful that she's following in your footsteps. Uh, you know, uh, I was uh, privileged to hear of this wonderful story about how when you first came to this country, how it was um, you took a job. Uh, could you just inform us a little bit more about your journey? I mean, it wasn't so easy for you to make the transition and then become, uh, you have your practice here in Concord for 27 years. Tell us about the beginning. How did it all yeah, start? It, yeah, it was, uh, I came, and, uh, as I said, in, in 1990, and then uh, with my doctorate degree, uh, initially it was recognized by the Board of Psychology, my doctorate degree in California, but they said I have to do uh, 3,000 hours of training uh, to get to know the system here and also to uh, 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 get some uh, more education in ethics and uh, California uh, laws. And to do that, I need to survive myself because my uh, I didn't have the financial backup. Like, uh, 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 you know, when you landed up here from India, the Indian currency doesn't match with the American currency. So I had to work. Uh, uh, Part-time, I was working in the uh, Kmart, uh, with $4.35 an hour, and then my wife uh, worked in San Francisco. Uh, at that time, it was Army Street, Jack in the Box, uh, to bring wow. uh, some money so that we could survive. Right. And, 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 and then I did my three years full-time postdoctoral training at St. Mary's Hospital and General Hospital uh, with Dr. Roof at UCSF. He was associate professor of... Uh, uh, neuro rehab at St. Mary's and General Hospital. So after the training and uh, working at Kmart, uh, then I met another professor in 93 to do, uh, I talked to him the need for mental health services for people who, should not, who cannot afford and those who are also from different cultures. So with his uh, uh, help, I 
developed a non-profit mental health agency which is called the Hume Center. Initially, it was called Neurobehavioral and Psychological Institute, and then we changed the name to Hume Center because Dr. Portia Bell Hume wrote a short oil mental health act in 1958 where she put preventive services, preventive mental health services on top of the state-sponsored services, and crisis was at the bottom. And we have seen that shift, that prevention went out of the window and crisis became the top service for the state. I see. So you are saying that after you, did you start your own private practice and then you got involved in this Hume Center? Um, I, I, I didn't understand that part. No, the, the, the Hume Center, the nonprofit agency we started in 19... Uh, Ninety-three, but uh, but the the uh, uh, the private practice I started in uh, uh, 2004 when uh, President Bush went to Iraq and cut all the social services funding. The choice I had uh, to lay off 13 people, those who are getting training and working under me, or I lay myself off. So after a lot of emotional uh, grueling and a lot of uh, thought to it, I handed over the uh, Hume Center to one of my students, and she's running it now. And I started my private practice and then got into the uh, boarding care home for mentally ill patients to provide them the housing they need. As you know, uh, housing is very uh, difficult, affordable housing, even for normal people, what to talk about people with mental illness. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Kumar, this is so interesting and, and riveting to understand um, your story, an American story on how you sacrificed and you used um, humility and you were blessed to be able to create a practice. And Was that located in Concord? Yes, it was uh, that- located in uh, Concord. Right. So you've raised your daughter and your family. Your base is in Concord, California. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, I I see. So so tell me a little bit about the uh, civic duties and some of the appointments after the Hume Center. Uh, Tell me a little bit, give me a little bit more enlightening on what you have done in terms of service for those in Concord. Yeah, I just shared with you that uh, I... After the survival uh, uh, issues were taken care of, it took me around 10 years to really uh, settle down and get into my uh, clinical practice and and, uh, uh, after the Hume Center. And then I uh, wanted to uh, get involved in the community, and and I got involved in the community. It was in 2006. Uh, the opportunity uh, came in the Human Relations Commission with the City of Concord. I applied to be on the commission. Uh, the City Council member interviewed me, and the whole City Council appointed me there. Uh, from 2006 to 2010, I served as a chair and a commissioner on the Human Relations Commission. And then 2006, uh, 2010 to 2015, uh, I served on the Oversight Finance Committee, which is Mayor Q Committee, brought $11 million additional fund to the city. And the task of our committee was to make sure that those funds are being spent uh, for the promises the city council made 
with the constituents of Concord. Uh, so after serving that, during that time also, I served 12 years on the Interfaith Council of Contra Costa County. Uh, in relation to Interfaith Council, which has 108 churches, uh, as you know, everybody thinks that their faith is the model faith, and sometimes we don't pay attention to the other faith groups. So we wanted to bring all the faiths together for a common good. And, and that common good, we also wanted to start after 9-1-1. There were some incidents happening in the Sikh community that some of the Sikh community members were killed uh, uh, with mistaken identity that they are part of the terrorist group, which was not the case. So we wanted, case to bring, yeah, we wanted to bring the uh, awareness and, and uh, uh, to the mainstream community. We started in collaboration with the Interfaith Council of Contra Costa County, our first annual spring festival, which is uh, this year it's going to be 13th annual spring festival to bring all the faith groups together to build bridges in the communities. And our focus is on the children because children are our future. Uh, so Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. And I understand that's going to be in Concord on May 28th. And we're going to come back to that. Right now, sure. uh, we're here live. Uh, with Straight Talk with the Hired Fresh. I'm your host, Barbara McGee, and we're having an evening uh, talking about serving the underserved with Dr. Kumar, candidate for California State Assembly, District 14. And we have a caller on the line. So let's see if we can take a caller at this time. Uh, caller, you're live on Straight Talk. Did you have a question or a comment for Dr. Kumar? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I'm Ron, and I'm also a Democrat. Uh, and um, I have 23 years in the residence uh, here in uh, District 14, and I have uh, concerns about how and where my tax dollars are going to be spent. Um, what solutions do you plan to take to Sacramento? I'll take yeah, my answer in the air. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very good question, Ron. Um, uh, I have uh, been saying this quite often, even the – Mayor of uh, City of Concord during her annual State of the Union address, uh, she mentioned that every hundred dollar we uh, pay in our property taxes locally, and only ten dollars are given to the city locally, Whoa. and ninety dollars are taken by the state. Hmm. And which is that business where you invest hundred dollar and you get in return only ten dollar worth of services? Out of ten dollar, six dollars are already allocated for the police department and only four dollars left to do all the other infrastructure needs and other uh, services for the uh, common good of the community wow and we need to really uh, bring those uh, funds locally and have uh, local community members uh, assign the priorities and then spend that funds according to the and needs of the local community, not according to the mandates which state uh, gave us that do this, do that, when they don't uh, give any funds for that. Wow. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's good. Well, Ron, we thank you for uh, your call. Please stay with us. Uh, stay tuned at Straight Talk. We uh, encourage people to call in and have a moment uh, to ask questions of Dr. Kumar on his position. And you know something, Dr. Kumar, it's very interesting what you say. Um, being that you were involved with the Con Concord Oversight Financial Committee, 
committee, you have a certain unique insight on what is necessary to serve the understood. I, I mean, in terms of a fresh look at um, who's been overlooked, who's been overpaid. Did you have any comments toward that? You know, uh, uh, there is a lot of things going on in the city. Uh, some of our uh, uh, higher bureaucrats are getting paid quite a bit money, and some of our uh, 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 lower uh, level of uh, workers in the city, they don't even get enough to pay for the rent increases now. As you know, in the Bay Area, it's so hard to even get a one-bedroom apartment on affordable rates. One-bedroom apartment in Concord costs somewhere from $1,600 to $1,800 a month. Absolutely. And a person who is working $10 an hour at the local fast food restaurant or grocery store or, or some other uh, 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 working neighborhood uh, stores, and how can they afford even one-bedroom and raise their family here? Absolutely. You know, affordable housing in the Bay Area has become a real hot button, and it's become so uh, incensed that the the the, rip, the ripple effect that's coming from San Francisco and from Oakland and then now over the hills into our area. Uh, give us your vision on how um, we what could we what what could you do in Sacramento to help change and make housing more affordable, uh, specifically uh, in regards to the naval weapons area over in Bay Point, Concord, slash Clayton. Tell us a little bit more about the feelings in two minutes or less. Yes, there, there is a, a lot, many things we need to really uh, work with the developers as well as we need to create policies which are uh, uh, friendly to the local uh, people and also to the to the developers, uh, recently uh, we have uh, selected in the city of Concord uh, one developer, which after a lot of uh, 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 taintedness in the process, a lot of chaos in the city council meetings, uh, we are able to uh, uh, select one developer, uh, and that developer is going to, uh, there is a, a binding that they will develop at least 30% affordable housing, but that's going to happen maybe after five years or so, or maybe more than that, depending on how uh, soon the process starts. But at the same time, the city council recently passed uh, a code uh, uh, kind of amendment saying that any single-family homeowner can build up to 640 square feet enlarged unit in their lot. And and even though they did that, but it looks like that the, uh, the the city and the water district, they, they act like mafia that anybody who wants to build 640 square feet in La unit, even to connect to the water district, uh, local uh, water district, they have to pay $16,000 a connecting fee. Oh, my. And, and then they have to pay around $20,000 approximate to the city, which they have reduced uh, up to 50%, but still it's a quite a bit uh, initial upfront money, and I don't understand. We are already paying our water sewerage uh, uh, fee. We are already paying for our water district fee. We are already paying uh, our property taxes. We are already paying uh, for our police services. Why do we have to pay additional connecting fee just to connect our water to our 640 square foot unit? 
It doesn't make what? sense. That's what? a triple or uh, or more uh, kind of uh, uh, dipping into the people's pocket. Well, you know what? That's an amazing amount of information you just gave us, and it it just humbles us to know that we have such candidates as yourself who can give us the real information behind what others are not allowing us to know. I'm I'm just um, floored, flabbergasted to know that that would be happening that way. I just want our callers to know that to know the last day to register to vote in the primary June 7th is going to be May 23rd. And now you can register or to check to see if you're registered you know, if you move, even across the street, you're no longer registered to vote. So you want to go to vote.org uh, and register yourself. It takes two minutes, and then you can sign up as an absentee ballot if you're very, very busy. But what is most important is register. It's easy, it's simple, and it is your civic duty. Okay, everybody, we're here on Straight Talk with Dr. Kumar. Serving the underserved, I'm going to take a caller right now. Caller. You're live on Straight Talk. State your name. Do you have a question for Dr. Kumar, who's running for California State Assembly, District 14? Hello, um, Dr. Kumar. My name is Juanita Rowan, and um, I just heard your conversation about affordable housing, and that is a huge concern of mine, along with wages. Uh, We're currently facing a huge problem and there's not enough affordable housing. Rent is extremely high, as you alluded to, and there are very few options in the Bay Area. And it's and it's a growing, it, the Bay Area is growing in population and wages have not kept up with the rent. Um, what specific plans do you have for addressing this huge problem for working people in particular, Dr. Kumar? And thank you so much for your your response. You're most welcome. Uh, you know, affordable housing, as I mentioned, uh, is a big uh, issue here. And also we need to, it's a very complicated issue also. Some of the people, those who are buying uh, a lot of apartment building. There are multinational uh, companies, those who are coming to our local cities and buying the existing uh, apartment units so that they could uh, raise the uh, uh, rent level uh, uh, from local people, those who cannot even afford. And it not only hurts those uh, uh, low-level workers, but it also hurts the local culture, local right. uh, roots. Uh, uh, how people get uh, uh, all the gentrification happening in in the Bay Area, now in Oakland and Richmond, and and also in uh, uh, in this area in District 14, people are moving away uh, because uh, they they cannot afford the rent and housing here. Right. right. And then they mm-hmm. uh, then then it also have an impact on our uh, roads, on our transportation. You see the sea of cars. Uh, uh, kind of on our freeways and and Highway 4 and all 680 and 780 and 80, they are all clogged. And on top of that, uh, people are feeling so insecure. We have uh, recently, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the city of Concord, they wanted to do this 640 square feet uh, inla unit, but the permit fees are so high that the whole purpose of creating this affordable unit, that that was one of the best uh, uh, 
and fast track way of creating a more affordable housing. But this fee is so expensive for ordinary people to do that. And we also mm. need to bring the uh, public and private partnership into this. If we don't bring public and private partnership and, and create this kind of uh, uh, housing, and we need to also bring the uh, the church groups into this, the faith groups into this, because faith groups are the only groups they work selflessly, and then they also work from the heart without any uh, contamination or pollutants uh, from special interest groups, because their mm-hmm. ma- major focus is only to focus on the uh, happiness and safety and and well-being of the uh, human beings, not on the well-being of the bigger corporation or bigger uh, 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 business houses. Well, I thank you so much for that uh, question, caller. And that brings me to, uh, you've hit on a couple of uh, very interesting points. And one of them, uh, you talked a little bit about the fact that um, the faith-based churches are working on trying to help people work through this, through being displaced being unhappy, people being uh, feeling at a loss. And this brings us right to where you are an expert, and that is with mental health. And the fact that many of these, uh, what really interests me uh, the most in talking to you was the fact that you have such experience in allowing people who are mentally challenged to be able to uh, live a normal life and acquire Home, a place to stay and, 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 and feel a part of the community. Uh, could you speak to us a little bit about what is key about mental health and it being underserved in the budget and the planning from the state and how that affects our community? Yeah, mental health is a very, very important uh, uh, issue, and that's really my uh, forte for the last 33 years being in the mental health field. We have, I have seen over and over again more emotional pressures people have and more uh, uh, they are not able to function at their fullest potential. And we have seen here a lot of funding came. Proposition 63 came to bring more funding for the mental health services. But all these bureaucrats and state, they are giving funding only to the institutions which have become so dysfunctional and they have become like white elephant rather than paying uh, uh, the funds to the people who are providing the services, all these uh, funding are going to the people who are just uh, doing the administrative work. Like we have, uh, look at this $118 million we received from the state for the AB 109 funding for people, those who came from state prison, they need to be rehabilitated in the local communities. They needed to provide, be provided with housing, mental health services, and job training so that they could be successful uh, citizen uh, again in the, in the mainstream. And out of $118 million we received from the state, our Contra Costa County spent only 12% on these services. 88% went to the bureaucrats for their administrative costs. And that kind of yeah, wastage and that so kind bad. of non-alignment of funds with the real needs of people is the main cause that we are not getting the results, but we are 
trying to see. And then the vested interest and the special interest, they make noise, look at these mentally ill patients, how they are creating problem for all of us. And, and the uh, gun issue comes into the picture. And then uh, the whole issue get distracted. The real issues, uh, some of, one of my friends sent me this uh, uh, cartoon two days ago on my text message. And in the cartoon, a snake uh, is eating the fish from the pond in his mouth. And then the, uh, uh, the media is described that the, the snake is trying to save the fish from the pond. And then the media describes in the same way the real issues. They don't describe that the snake is eating away the fish. They say, oh, a, a snake is trying to save the fish. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's, that's, that is the case. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that is the case. Yes, everybody, you're listening to Stray Talk with the Higher Fresh. And this is an evening with Dr. Kumar serving the underserved. Now, Dr. Kumar, forgive me, but we're going to take a caller at this time. Sure. Caller, you're live on uh, Straight Talk. Please uh, state your name, and do you have a question or comment for Dr. Kumar, who's running for California State Assembly, District 14? Yes, good evening, and hello, Barbara. I always enjoy your show on Sunday evenings. And thank you, thank Dr. You. Kumar, for giving us the opportunity to speak with you. My name is Kathy. I have a question around education. Uh, Susan Bonilla, our current assembly representative, is an educator, and I understand that one of your opponents, May Torlakson, is also an educator. Uh, if you would uh, define for me what you have planned for K-12 education if you're elected. Yeah, there are too many uh, um, uh, things we need to do in the education. Education is the foundation uh, which will uh, make the human being su successful, not only the human being individually, but also the community in which he or she lives. And education we have here in the state of California is going uh, out of the whack. And, and you know that our schools are failing, even though we have uh, our uh, uh, current assembly woman, uh, uh, she's an educator, but all the funding mandates we have in the school system, they are going again uh, to, to, toward the administrative costs rather than going toward the teaching credential. In the olden days, if you remember, Kathy, we used to send our children to school so that they could become better human beings. And now, were sending kids to the school so that they could make more money. And when this mental set we need to change and we need to bring the more uh, human welfare and human well-being into the education system, which has been really missing for a long, long time from the education system of California now. If you look at our ancestors, what they have done with the education system in our state, we have built a great institutions in the past, uh, but those institutions are failing because they are not serving the people for which they were created, and they are only serving some vested interest and lobbyists and special interest groups. Uh, some of, one of my friends, he asked me the question from the union that why uh, teachers are not able to get the affordable housing, and I, mm -hmm. I raised this question that we have 
325,000 teachers in the state of California, and every one of them uh, is paying on the average $1,000 in uh, annual dues, and that brings $325 million annual dues money to the state of California Teacher Union or Teacher Association. When you so say dues, sir, do you mean union dues or? Union dues. Yes. So $325 million. Imagine what uh, the teachers, those who are the educators, what can they do with that kind of money? And where is that money going? I'm failing to understand. Is that money going to the uh, scholarship they created for the teacher children? Or did they create any affordable housing for the teachers? Or do they pay deductible for those teachers, those who are suffering from health issues? where that funds is going and we need to get some of those collaborative funds from teachers and the state and the private uh, companies so that we could create affordable housing uh, funding for the school children uh, so that they could get the education for which they are uh, in the schools and we need to give more power to the parents and more control to the local uh, parents so that they could have a say Everything, as I have been mentioning, that we are telling people what to do rather than we are asking people what they need. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I feel the same I, way. Mm-hmm. I would really agree with that, especially in these cities um, um, that you're talking about. You have two counties that you're um, running to represent, which would be, again, Clayton, Concord, Martinez, Pittsburgh, Pleasant Hill, all in Contra Costa. And then we have Bay Point, uh, Benicia. Alejo, Clyde, and then, of course, the southern open space um, that goes uh, all the way past Mount Diablo. So it's a vast uh, area. But one of the major concerns is how do I continue to pay my taxes in the state of California, but yet and still my child is not able to go to one of the UCs? And um, could you tell us, give us like two minutes or less on how – your influence would change uh, the average kid being able to come from one of these cities to go to one of the local UCs that we're paying taxes for? You know, uh, recently you must have read that recently there was a news that uh, UC system has been giving preference to outsiders or international students, those who give them more money rather than giving the seats to the local children. And we need to really pay attention to this uh, issue that we need to provide services uh, to local uh, children. We need to give admission to local children rather than to those children who could uh, give them more money. And when the uh, local children are not getting the proper education, then we are promoting the H-1B visas so that we could bring more people from outside. And, and we, are going, we are doing this service to the local children in that way, because we are not preparing them for the competitive jobs, for the 21st century jobs we have left. And then all the, uh, in the olden days, the jobs which were being done by human beings are not those jobs are being done by machines and computers. Mm -hmm. And and we are losing jobs to computers and machines. Then we are losing local jobs to people, those who are bringing tons and tons of money from other parts of the world, uh, which is the, uh, the corruption is rampant in those countries where the money is coming from. 
and our children locally here are at disadvantage and we need to do something about this and I will make sure that I do each and everything sitting in the legislation to prevent those kind of things from happening and giving more power and more services to our local children. Well, we appreciate that. Now, Kathy, did you, it seemed that you had another question. Well, I'm almost terrified that we're not attracting teachers here because of the low pay scale and the uh, cost of living here to have our children prepared for the UC system so that the courses that are needed to qualify for a good UC education just aren't being um, offered to our children in some of our inner cities, uh, such as Pittsburgh, Vallejo, et cetera. I would agree with you. Uh, I just recently had a panel of young people, and we talked about the counseling that they were getting on their high school level and how they weren't informed on what classes that they needed to really take uh, when they first started in ninth and 10th grade. So we are seeing, uh, Dr. Kumar, a lot of different things happening under the current administration in changes in what's going on with our school system and how our children are being taught, such as the core, common core that has just ushered itself in. And uh, it is defeating the purpose of what we want as parents and constituents of this area because it's not making our children more competitive, more competitive for those slots that you talk about. How would you uh, influence, and as Kathy asked, uh, and attract better teaching strategies and better teaching teachers to this area to make us all more competitive? You are absolutely right. Our teachers are not getting the kind of uh, 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 salaries uh, at the local level uh, which they could afford the housing. And as I mentioned earlier, that our teachers, uh, we need to get them more uh, uh, in line with the, with the uh, even union dues they are paying. We need to get the, there are a lot of uh, 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 kind of distraction happening. Some people say charter school are the panacea, which is not the case. We do, may need some charter school, but they are not the panacea for uh, the ills of the education system we have. And we need to uh, bring our, we need to train our local teachers. We need to bring uh, local teachers uh, at the competition, uh, at the level where they could feel more comfortable and get more uh, homegrown teachers so that they could really uh, integratively uh, serve the community they have been part of uh, uh, throughout life. And we have not done that uh, kind of work. And I would create, uh, like in the past people have done uh, these creative things, that sons of the soil or daughters of the soil scholarship so that we could create those scholarships locally for uh, those children, those who want to become teachers. We need to give incentive to teachers. We do need to give incentive at the local level with help from the uh, state and with help from the federal government so that they could afford a house locally when where they are teaching. And also we need to provide better training to teachers because our training to teachers, the, the, the media sometimes, uh, we have seen the reports that some teachers are being uh, intimidated by the students, some teachers are kicked out uh, physically by the students. Uh, uh, the, the, 
the respect of the teachers is not there as it used to be when you and me used to go to school uh, 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 many, many years ago. This is true. Those kind of things we need to bring back, and I'll do each and everything so that our teacher could get the respect they have lost and they could get the uh, 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 services they need so that they could be really more uh, competent uh, uh, teachers and they could teach and make the lives of their future uh, our future generations in this country. Well, thank we you, really, Dr. Kumar. Absolutely. We thank welcome. you, uh, Kathy. And you know what? We uh, thank our listening audience. Hey, everybody. This is Straight Talk with the Higher Brush. We're having an evening with Dr. Kumar, presenting him as a candidate for the uh, District 14, which is he's running in June on the 7th in the primary for the California State Legislature. Excuse me, the California State Assembly, where he is running for the seat. Um, you know, I really am very enamored by Dr. Kumar and his choice to reach out to the constituents in this district in a different way. He's choosing to connect with his supporters as a candidate for the State Assembly uh, through his education through his humanitarian services, through his vision for a better, more happy, more um, community-based uh, Bay Area. And East Counties, is, is we want to be a part of that too. Um, Dr. Kumar, so tell me, when we see these barrage of mailers and we see all these ads on TV and we see all this backbiting and fighting, tell me, why is it so refreshing to be able to approach the voter in a different way. And how can voters approach you if they want to know a little bit more about your platform? You know, um, Barbara, you said it right. There is so much going on, and people are uh, uh, frustrated and fed up with getting all these mailers in their mailboxes, attacking uh, uh, one candidate, attacking the other candidate. And what people are getting out of it. People are getting more frustrated. The system is broken, and we need to bring fresh ideas, fresh uh, innovative ideas to the, uh, so that we could solve our local problems. And these uh, leaders, those who are trying to say that they are the leaders and they are going to serve the community, they have uh, proven wrong again and again that they are not able to serve the community. We need some innovative ideas. We need people, those who have the heart for community service, not like the uh, uh, people, like, like those frogs, those who come into the, uh, during the monsoon, uh, and, and only then you see, see the noise of those frogs. And the same with these politicians. When the election comes, they started beating their chest that they are the best candidate through their uh, special interest groups by mailing all these mailers, spending millions of dollars. And what I am doing is I'm, I'm reaching and knocking at the doors, talking to real people whose needs we need to serve. And, and also reaching uh, people through the Internet we have and through the, my website, which is drkumarforassembly.com. Okay, let me, give, let me give that out again. So if you sure. would like to, forgive me, if you would like to uh, communicate with Dr. Kumar, if you would like to volunteer for the campaign, because you see that this is a different kind of candidate. Uh, he is a Democrat, and he is, um, has a website. It is www.drkumarforassembly.com. 
dot com, and that's D R K U M A R, the number four, assembly dot com. He also has an email, and he answers his emails personally. From what I understand, he answered mine. So uh, you can email him also at Dr. Kumar for assembly at gmail.com. Now, uh, we want you to get out there. We want you first to register to vote. We want you to get the word out. Uh, June 7th is the primary election. That's going to be Tuesday. And uh, Dr. Kumar, it's, you know, it's been such a privilege talking with you. Um, I have a question. And I know that one of the uh, major concerns uh, in this outside of housing, education, uh, in this uh, area that we live. I live here also, and I'm very concerned about the highways and uh, the transportation and safety on our roads. And I'm just not seeing that the current status quo is providing that for us. I mean, just here recently, I, I think uh, since November, we've had four shootings on Highway 80, and we've had just this week two fatalities on Highway 4 running through Pittsburgh, and it's, I, just, I just don't know what the solution is, but I know that we have to come up with something quick, fast, and in a hurry. Tell us, what is your solution? What do you think that they have overlooked, and how would you change things uh, in the state uh, and illuminate this problem in Sacramento? Yeah, I think uh, it's a very complicated question, Barbara. Because our police department, uh, if you see, and the, the perception of the community that our, our police department is not performing to the satisfaction of the community, and we are seeing a lot many uh, questions about the integrity and ethics of the police department in various cities, including San Francisco, including um, uh, Pittsburgh, including Baleo. There are so many uh, uh, police-involved shootings. And that creates a lot of negative image about the police. But at the same time, uh, there are excellent officers uh, in the police department, those who are really trying to serve the community because they live in the community. Uh, so we need to create, first of all, we need to uh, create that perception uh, between the community and the police department. We need to build some goodwill. Uh, which has been uh, taken away from the recent events we have seen. And this, uh, 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 what is happening on Highway 80, I think we uh, uh, heard that they are going to put some cameras there in that section of the highway where the shooting is happening so that they could catch the perpetrator. But at the same time, we really need to uh, listen to people. I'm again coming back to my uh, original thought that we need to listen to people what their needs are and and then act according to the needs of the people to fulfill those needs not uh, telling people you need to do this you need to do that and there was a recently uh, we had problem even in the concord uh, uh, neighborhood where i'm staying and we have a neighborhood watch group and the there were a lot of things happening in the neighborhood uh, when uh, a burglary or, or happen at the house, the police department, you call 911, they will tell you uh, to call or report your complaint online when we're spending $1 million a week 
in the city of Concord on the police department. So some of these things people don't understand that if we are spending that kind of money, how don't we have police officers on the street? How are we not uh, having the, uh, the time from the police officers to spend with the community? So those issues are very complicated. We need to address them at the local level. And once I'm in the legislation, that's my agenda to serve and bring those perceptions back that our police is there to help us uh, and not to hurt us. And the police hypervigilance, I have mentioned many times the Zimbardo study in 1971 at Stanford by a psychologist who divided his uh, psychology class into two sections, one for guards and one for prisoners. And, yes. and when he did that study, within two days, the, uh, the student, those who became the prisoner, they became very depressed, and the guards became very oppressive, very punitive, and, and, and they didn't even perceive that they, they are being punitive. So the same thing with the police department. We need to create more humanitarian services in the police department, and we need to create more uh, uh, pro-public, uh, pro-community services rather than the militarization which has happened uh, over the years in the police department at the local level. You're absolutely right. I'm actually uh, right with you where you what you say about the militarization of our local level police departments. Everybody here listening live is trying to talk with others. I want to take a caller right now. Caller, you're live with an evening with Dr. Kumar running for California State Assembly District 14. State your name. Did you have a question or a comment? I have both. My name is uh, Rich Eber. I'm, uh, outside of being a citizen of Concord, I'm also a political columnist who writes for the Contra Costa Bee. And I've been been following uh, Dr. Kumar's and all the political campaigns going on, including the selection of a developer for the Concord Naval Weapons Depot very closely. In fact, uh, it's quite likely I won't be invited to any Christmas parties this year by any of the people that are involved. Um, Mike, one of the comments that I wanted to make before I ask Dr. Kumar a question is that what he says about the homeless and housing is absolutely true. Uh, there's, there's people who think that just by building housing that's a panacea for curing the problems of the homeless, and that nothing could be further from the truth. Their mental, their mental health is just as important as having a roof over their head. Most of the people, and I've gone out with Doug Stewart of the Homeless Outreach Program, and I've been out with police departments as well with the homeless, you find that... Uh, that the vast majority of people that are homeless have issues with substance abuse, either uh, alcohol or normally hard drugs like heroin or speed or methamphetamines. And along with that, they have severe mental illnesses. And there's been no attempt that I can see to try to tie these two important areas together. As a matter of fact, Doug Stewart has been in charge of the homeless outreach program that serves people at night for for over a decade. He's quitting because he's gotten such 
horrible cooperation from the county who 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 what who what he does is uh made irrelevant by them because he's helping people in in time of need rather than offering uh permanent solutions where they get all their grant money for but that's another story but uh Dr. Kumar has a very unique and understanding perspective of this and many other issues in the campaign now for my question um special interest and PAC seem to dominate this assembly race. Uh, the, the Democratic Party of California is firmly behind uh, May Torlakson. The Police Officers Association and many developers are behind her, one of his other opponents, Tim Grayson. His third opponent has R behind her name, which uh, helps a lot. Uh, for Deborah Allen, and it seems like with all the PAC money going to the two Democrats and the, and the Republican, if if she makes it the special interest, uh, special uh, the November election, excuse me, it seems like uh, Dr. Kumar is a man without a country. And my question is, how can how can you possibly compete against all these people? when special interests seem to all be against you in the campaign? No, Rich, this is a, a, a very good question. Uh, the special interest group, that's why people are getting frustrated and people are not getting the services they want because there was a, uh, a radio talk show on NPR a few weeks back by Jane Mayer from New York Times. And she mentioned in her uh, story, she wrote a book, that 156 congressmen are already pledged their allegiance to the lobbyists for which uh, they were working, not for the people of uh, uh, the United States. And the same thing is going to happen here, and it has been happening here, that all these special interest groups, they need something. That's why they are pouring millions and millions of dollars into this campaign. And, and it is not the, we also seen the results in the past, that it is not the money which wins the election. It is people's commitment to serve the humanity and serve the community. And I'm, I'm knocking at the doors. At every door, I'll make sure that I'm knocking in uh, my district, in Rodeo, Crockett, uh, and uh, Blue and Benicia. When I was knocking at the doors in Crockett, People were so happy to see that no politician has come there directly to ask them what their views are, what their <laughs> needs are, and I'm doing that. And when people see that, people do get uh, 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 invested in my candidacy, and I'm so happy that God has given me that strength to serve the community uh, with love and from the heart rather than with the money which other people are trying to buy into. Uh, you know, I just want to go back to Kathy, who also is a resident in Con Concord. Kathy, did you have a comment about how you feel in regards to the special interests in the PAC who seem to be clouding the campaign and the issues? Well, what annoys me is the abundance of money that's spent on these mailers that hit your mailbox two and three each day. 
And between now and November, I'm just concerned about what the waste looks like in terms of dollars, in terms of manpower. And what the what do these millers actually do to help us understand a candidate? I feel that Dr. Kumar has a refreshing view around special interest and it doesn't sound like he's involved with a super PAC. I wish he was because then he could send out some of those himself. <laughs> well, that could be a double-edged sword, sir. <laughs> well, you know. I was being facetious. <laughs> the, the idea of uh, operating Dr. Kumar uh, without these uh, winds in your sail, uh, tell us, uh, um, we as constituents in this area are looking for a fresh look. We are we are Democrats. Uh, this area is uh, predominantly Democratic, and uh, the underserved are not being um, their views are not being even tolerated. I think in fact in in Sacramento, I don't think that the real issues are coming uh, to fruition. Uh, we had the political candidates that have run off of the district and off of uh, BART, and we've seen people win uh, with these kind of special interest groups around them and surrounding them. And then when they go to Sacramento, we still are left out high and dry. So we're coming to the close of our show. I would like to have you give us a final um, wrap-up comment, if you will, and we will be coming back next week, next Sunday. You can go to Dr. Kumar's website, and uh, it is www.drkumarforassembly.com. I'm going to let my callers pose one more question. Dr. Kumar, give a two-minute uh, roundup on the super PACs, the special interest money, and campaign funding, and then we're going to go to Rich with one two-minute comment and question, Kathy, and then I think we still have Juanita on the line, and then we're going to close. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, these super PACs, uh, they, they are really hijacking the real democracy we have in this country. Our forefathers created the system so that we could serve the people in a more uh, loving way and the pursuit of happiness and the dream, American dream, everybody was able to achieve. Even people, those who are working on hard jobs at the lower level. And we are not getting those kind of services uh, because of these uh, super PACs. Because they are creating the illusion in the minds of people that they are the one who are really looking for the interest of the public, for the common man, when they are not looking at the interest of the common people. They are looking at the interest of those funders, those who are funding these campaigns. And I am the only candidate who is not being funded by any special interest group. I am funding my own campaign. And some of my friends, those who really believe what I am doing, they are contributing little by little to my campaign. So we need to educate the public that our democracy is not for sale. And these super PACs are the ones which are creating that illusion that democracy is for sale. Democracy is there to serve the people, uh, of the people, and by the people, not by these special interest groups. Oh, that was beautifully put. Okay, I want to go to Rich. Rich, I'm going to uh, – okay, Rich, did you have a question or comment? Two minutes or less? 
as usual, I have both. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, political parties, Democrats and Republican, and that the vast majority of people are Democrats. Well, I represent a growing group of people who are disgusted with both political parties in California, which accounts for me being an independent. And this seems to be the largest growing constituency in the 14th district and elsewhere in Contra Costa. How can I be for the Democratic Party when they are run by special interests and lobbyists in Sacramento? Do these groups represent me? The answer is no. The same thing you could say for the Republicans. Do the people that represent the Republican Party represent me? No, they don't either. So many people, such as myself, have been put in a quandary because we don't really care for either of the political parties, yet we're not given very much of an alternative. And that's where the candidacy of somebody like Dr. Kumar uh, has an important place because he's actually offering a different perspective than the two uh, regular political parties that seem to be bought and paid for by special interests. My last question for well, my last question for Dr. Kumar is: How can you make a difference when you're facing uh, attacks from all sides of the political spectrum? Very good question, Dr. You Kumar. Go ahead. The the uh, rich. Uh, it's a, a very good question. The I have uh, demonstrated over the years that there are many storms and many many uh, 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 stormy winds have come and gone. And and with God's grace, I'm still standing. And I have created nonprofit agency from scratch. And I have been serving the community with all the heart uh, 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 to really create the positive contribution in the well-being of our local communities. And I'm not uh, afraid of uh, these uh, attacks. And I'm there for the people, and people know that. Locally, people know that. That's why I got last time 9,500 votes uh, from the local community. And now my constituency has become to 12 uh, cities, uh, including Rodeo and Crockett and Baleo and Benicia. And when I talk to the normal people. I go to the storefront. I go to the neighborhood which are impoverished neighborhood. And when people see, people talk to me live, people see what I have to offer when they ask me the questions, I am so humbled and I'm so inspired by the stories people have shared on the streets with me. And I'm willing to do anything to serve the community in my own uh, through the education God has provided uh, me, and with with God's grace, I have been able to uh, create this uh, uh, system in place. I provide 150 people residential care facilities, and even though I get $33 per day per patient to serve them, you can't even get a motel. That's what I mean, uh, mean that the small business owners, the people who really want to serve the community, the system right now is created to fail them, not to sustain them. And once I'm there, I will make sure that these people are sustained, people who are really serving the community. 
uh, they are promoted and they are incentivized. They were given tax credit. They were given support by the local communities and by the state. That's what my motto is. All right, that was beautiful. I want to go back to uh, Juanita uh, calling in from Pittsburgh. Juanita, did you have a question or comment? Uh, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate your responses. You added a whole, um, a great deal of clarity in terms of who you are and who I, you know, someone that I think I might be able to support in this coming election. And good luck, and I really appreciate the fact that you have stood up to special interest groups. Thank well, you. we thank you, we thank you, Juanita, and, and uh, we're just wrapping up now. Everybody, you're live on Straight Talk. We're having an evening uh, with Dr. Kumar, uh, who is running for California State Assembly District 14. Uh, Kathy uh, from Concord, did you have any last uh, remarks? Oh yes, Dr. Kumar, I am a Democrat, and I'm so happy to have a fresh voice uh, speak to us from an unsold or unbought perspective, and we wish you the best of luck this June 7th, and look forward to seeing you on the campaign trail, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Oh, very good. Well, everybody, this concludes our show for this evening. Uh, Dr. Kumar, we have so much more information about you, about your candidacy, about the positions in your uh, District 14. Uh, Would you come back next week? I would love to, uh, Barbara. I would love to uh, be with you and be with the uh, uh, listeners, those who really want to know more about uh, the candidacy and more about the services, what we have to offer and create an innovative solution in our communities. Well, we'd love that. Now, everybody, Dr. Kumar is answering his own email. It is Dr. Kumar, and that's spelled D-R-K-U-M-A-R, number four, assembly. So Dr. Kumar for Assembly at gmail.com. His website where you can find information and the phone number so you can be involved in the next community call uh, next Sunday at 7.30. Uh, that will be the 22nd of May. You can go to www.drkumarforassembly.com. Now, if you're interested in meeting and just walking up, having a personal conversation with Dr. Kumar. You know, he is uh, the uh, sponsor and one of the creators of the Spring Festival. Isn't that right, Dr. Kumar? Yes, uh, the Spring Festival to build, build bridges in the community, and it's happening on May 28th at Mont Diablo High School in Concord in collaboration with the Kid Fest. We need to empower our kids. We need to bring our kids together from all faith, all ethnic groups, so that they could be the kids. And, and, and because we say that kids have pure hearts. As we grow older, then we get more contaminants around us, and then we get contaminated with different uh, conditioning the, the, we get from other human beings. But when we are children, we are so pure, and we are so pious. And that's what we wanted to create, this piety and pureness in the minds of these kids. Well, I thank you so much for this hour with Dr. Kumar. And uh, again, uh, we're going to be able to meet him personally uh, May 28th from 11 to 5 at Kids Fest at Mount Diablo 
High School uh, in Concord. You know, that's an annual festival. You bring your children out. It's just so family-friendly. It's going to be great weather. It's uh, going to be Memorial Day weekend. I say let's go meet the candidate in person. All right. Uh, next week we're going to talk about, we didn't get a chance to talk really, about small business opportunities and the revival of our economy through small business. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the naval uh, uh, base and uh, some of the background and some of the information Dr. Kumar had for that. And we also want to talk about mentorship. We want to get a real fresh look at the tools and the skill set that he has to improve our day-to-day family life, our pursuit of happiness, our successful and sustainable community living. That's it, folks, and we thank you for tuning in to Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. I've been your host, Barbara McGee, and we presented tonight Dr. Kumar, serving the underserved, the candidate of your choice for California State Assembly, District 14. And to all, a good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.